Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Just this week, Martha, we have passed a thousand likes on Facebook. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. So we should almost have a celebration song. Woohoo! Woohoo! How's that? <laughs> it's like an echo. It's very, very nice. It's you not know, a song. Every but... week, together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, we talk about relationship issues as they impact our homes and impact our workplace. And we're in the middle of a six-part series on love and respect. And you may go, you know what? I'm not married. This doesn't apply to me. Or, you know, I'm single. I've been married, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get married again. It's not just about marriage relationships, although... Primarily, it can be, but it's really relationships between men and women. And as it impacts our relationships between men and women, whether it's in the workplace or in our home, whether it's between a single mom and her son who's getting older or a single dad and his daughter who's getting older, these concepts are big concepts. So make sure that you stay tuned today for a great conversation on the energizing cycle. But let's just take a step back and just ask this question. Each and every day, I just ask you, have you looked at the people in your workplace as your mission field? When you look at those people, are you praying for them by name? Are you taking time each and every day to pray for them and specifically for them by name? And I say that twice just to say, okay, let me just say it one way, but I'll say it another way almost exactly the same because I really want people to think about, are we praying in our workplace? I mean, Martha, why do you think it's so important we should be praying for the people that we work with? 
Oh man, there are so many reasons, but each one of us have things going on in our own lives. And to know that there are other people holding them up in prayer and praying over situations, praying for us in our getting along in the workplace, but also praying for the company as a whole for its um, success and the way it interacts with customers or clients, whatever it may have. I mean, there's just so many um, important things that we can bring to the throne room. And to be able to do that for our coworkers is huge personally and also to help um, in strengthening that bond. And that's it's so important when we start to pray with people, it's not that it's going to change them, but it will change you. It will change you and your attitude towards those people. And when we pray for others, God does a miraculous work on our own lives, and that's why it's so important. You know, and we ask you to join the I Work For Him Nation, not because it makes us money, not because it gives us more notoriety. We want you to, make the, we want you to join the I Work For Him Nation because we want to start a tidal wave of change in Tampa Bay and around the world. We want to start a tidal wave of people praying for their coworkers and employees, which is exactly what the enemy doesn't want you to do. We really want to make an impact, and... And we want to encourage you. We would like a thousand people to step up and say, hey, I joined the I Work For Him Nation and we're not anywhere close. I know that people are listening and I know that we had over 7,000 different listeners in the month of August. But why? Just think about that. Are you willing to pray for people? Do you want to see your workplace impacted for Christ? If so, go out to IWorkForHim.com tonight after the show and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and join. All right, today, you know, it really takes a paradigm shift, so I better share that verse because I do it every day, Martha. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And really, there's nowhere in your MBA program, unless you're getting it from Crown College, found online at crown.edu forward slash radio, there's nowhere in your undergraduate degree where they're telling you you should be praying for your people, of course, unless... You got that undergraduate degree from Crown College, found online at crown.edu forward slash radio. You know, there's a few colleges out there that might be equipping you for that, but you know what? Most people aren't told they should be praying for the people they work with. And and it's so important. We are never going to take this city for Christ unless we get on our knees and start praying for the people we work with. So I want to encourage you. It's what Martha and I do each and every day. It's what we want to challenge you to do. You know, I was just thinking about the fact that it changes the way you look at other people, too. If you are willing to talk to our Heavenly Father about those people, whether it is a tough customer that you've had to deal with and you know you need to make a phone call to, or your boss, or um, anybody else in your office, just that um, that shift to, to taking it to our Heavenly Father just makes such a, um, a difference in how we approach our day. And um, but but that's a thing to think about, not just um, the coworker in the cube next to you, but those people you interact for and the people that are leading the company and the people that are backing the company financially or with their you know resources. I mean, there's just so many people that Customers, are a part of vendors, what you do. Absolutely. I mean, it's just so there's so much out there and we can make an impact. You know, you, you're not going to. We're not going to reach a lot of people for Christ pounding over the head of the Bible, but boy, we get an opportunity to share our heart with them when we're praying with them. Because after you've prayed for them, eventually you're going to get that opportunity to say, hey, I've been praying for you. How should I be praying for you? And you start being very specific and you follow up on that. And it really creates great conversation with those people. All right, together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, we're talking about this. We're in like our fourth week of a discussion on the book Love and Respect. You can find out tons more about Love and Respect, the ministry, the book, all on their website, loveandrespect.com. That's loveandrespect.com.
an incredible book written by Emerson Egerich, and really he couldn't have written it without an incredible wife, his wife, Sarah. Sarah. And we've seen him live once. We've seen him on uh, video once. Uh, we've uh, had him on our show a couple of times. We're bringing him back on the uh, on a show here near future, October 6th. Six. On October 6th. That's, That's right. Correct. So that'd be great. You actually get to hear directly from Emerson. All right. We're talking today about the energizing cycle. Let's, let's just review really quickly uh, what we talked about last week and the week before the crazy cycle. Well, we're laying it up for us to recognize that without love, if, if I don't speak to you in a loving fashion, how do you tend to respond? Disrespectfully. But I don't know that that's really true because you're okay, almost but perfect. We don't, we're not inclined to be respectful is what really another way to look at it is that it is hard for me to show you respect when I'm not feeling loved. And it is hard for you. So the so the crazy cycle itself is without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts without love. So it's not the way that we were designed. We were, we were, de- I am fueled by feeling love and you are fueled as a man by feeling respected. Well, and it says in the scripture verse that this is all based on Ephesians 5.33. And Ephesians 5.33, it says, husbands, no, it says, yeah, husbands love you. Why am I all of a sudden? I'll do it. Okay, you do it. So again, I say, (laughs) each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. And that is such a powerful, and that's what this whole book is is written on. And it's a really simple verse. It's not like a long three-paragraph, you know, thing. It's just very simple. And God designed us that way. But why why didn't God tell you, well, tell me to, to uh, why didn't he tell you to love me? Because it is in our nature. It is in a woman's nature to love. And so he didn't need to tell us that. Well, and that's what's, and he didn't, I wasn't told to show respect to you because I naturally, as a man, want to show respect to people, mm-hmm. but we're not naturally loving because we're provider protectors. We're the kind of people who will jump in front of a bus to save our family, but, you know, we fit better into a an army than we do into a family sometimes, it seems like. We have to really work at this, mm-hmm. and that's why Paul talks about this, and, and understand that verse was written by a single guy who figured this out and understood. It didn't have to be. He didn't say only, well, it does, it does, it is specifically about marriage, but he understood the relationship between men and women. So again, I say, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. You know, how much do you love yourself? Well, you feed yourself, you clothe yourself, you bathe yourself, you do all these things for yourself. So you, you love yourself a lot. And the wife must respect her husband. Paul understood those were critical needs in a marriage. Well, and I think it's important to remember that the scripture is divinely inspired. So it's God's heart for us to do this. This is what he was teaching and um, was instructed to write in the scripture. So um, he knew that it was an important message that we needed to see and we needed to dissect. And And I think one, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things I really see about the energizing cycles Emerson talks a lot in the book about um, this is an intentional part of it. It's really easy to get on the crazy cycle. It's really easy to get that in part, that. Yeah, that part you don't that have to practice. That part is very easy. So it takes more intentionality and more effort 
to stay on the energizing cycle. And that's what we want to do because that's where a marriage grows stronger and more productive. So let's see if we can provide an example. We just did a round trip to Iowa City and back this last weekend, taking our daughter up there to move up there. And we drove straight through the night, Wednesday night, all the way through Thursday afternoon, Thursday late, actually Thursday evening. And then we unpacked her and got all set. Did we do any crazy cycles this weekend? Hmm. I don't remember, okay, we were but, on, we, but we did drive in two separate cars. Yeah, we did. We did. I drove a truck. <laughs> By the way, my back still hurts from driving that truck. Penske, what a fantastic truck it was. Great, reliable, fantastic. Boy, they could use a little more support in their chairs. Uh, we have a whole new appreciation for truck drivers well, after doing that this weekend because I think you just don't well, realize Well, they have air rides. Well, okay. Heavily, yeah. yeah. That's right. And I'm, and I'm not going to mention the airline, but I'll tell you that the performance of the airline on the way back hurt my back. The chair was not very, very nice. But <laughs> And I got frustrated because we were three hours late leaving, but I still don't think we got in any crazy cycles. Can you imagine? Can you remember the last time we got in a crazy cycle? Oh, my goodness. You're going to put me on the spot here. I'm well, just, I, th- I think we talked about it last week. Were we you? haven't had since then. Um, I hope. Oh, about the dishes? About the dishes. Well, we can bring that up again because <laughs> that was kind of fun. All right, so I, I love doing dishes. I hate the dishwasher because you put dishes in the dishwasher and four out of five of them are still dirty. Okay, now one out of five of them is still dirty. And so why bother? It's a pain in the butt. Just do it right the first time. Wash them by hand. So I'm washing the dishes. We use a drying mat on the counter and a dish drainer because there's not enough room in the dish drainer for all the dishes. And so I'm Stacking all the cups and the Tupper skin, Tupperware up on the drying mat, and Martha goes, "You can't do it that way." I'm like, what do you mean? You can't do it that way. You gotta lean the Tupperware and the glasses at an angle so they dry. Otherwise, the water stays inside the the inside container, the cup, or whatever. Yeah. Like, really? You're making a rule about this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's hard enough doing dishes. It hurts my back to do dishes. I, I just have a stupid back. You it's just have a fault. bad back. Yeah, this just, is a problem. It is a problem. But I don't mind doing dishes. I like to help. And acts of service is one of Martha's love languages. And that's one of the keys. Gentlemen, if you really want to show your wife love, you also have to know her love language. That's a little aside. So anyway, we got in this long, stupid argument about the fact you're making doing dishes more difficult. And I felt undisrespected because I just was doing what I, I was helping. You know what's really funny about that story is... It's not um, a story. It happened. I understand. <laughs> it's real life. But... I need a counseling. It's funny because you went... This just shows me about your blue hearing, aid, hearing aids, right? Is that what we call them? That you... No, um, we call them hearing instruments. You heard me say, you can't do it that way. But I know intentionally I said... Can I share with you something I have learned? Which is what I heard was, but you're doing you it wrong. Was... Let me show you what you're screwing up. So this is such a good lesson because we communicate pretty decently. And yet you still heard through a different set of ears than what I was saying well, wait a minute. in my little well, let's just think about megaphone. this. Let me just think of it for a minute. <laughs> when you said, can I show you a different way? Weren't you saying you're doing it wrong? You need to do it a different way? That was not the heart of the But weren't you saying I was doing something wrong that needed to be corrected? But the point was... But weren't you saying... (laughs) Yes, you were saying that. You were saying... I also needed to be corrected. I think that's the key is that I... There was no way you were winning that one. It didn't matter. You were a total lose-lose. So that was the crazy cycle. Is this silly? You could have done this. You could have said, when the dishes were dry, I said, you know, I found out something. That the cups, if you don't stack them this way, they don't dry right. And then they get all musty smelling. And you know how I hate the musty smell. So that may, you may have won that. But at the end of the day, Martha wants me to end this conversation. I love you, honey. I really do. 
I know, and I love you too. And I love washing dishes. I, I really do. How many guys can say that? I love the vacuum too. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'd like to thank Tanya from Tampa and Mike from Lutz. Thanks for calling in today. Thanks for uh, listening in. And the, we'll get these uh, copies of Love and Respect awesome. out to you this week sometime. Thanks so much for calling in today. Awesome to have you be part of our listening audience. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the energizing cycle, which goes like this. His love for her motivates her respect for him, which motivates his love for her, which motivates her respect for him. And oh, so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. And it leads us to the rewarded cycle, which we'll touch about next week. But all right, today we're talking about love and respect. You can find out lots more about them online at loveandrespect.com. That's loveandrespect.com. They do conferences, marriage conferences all over the country. And then they have uh, churches all over Tampa Bay that show the conference. They buy a copy of the conference and they can show it to their uh, church audience. If your church hasn't done a Love and Respect conference, you need to do a Love and Respect conference. It is powerful. If you want us to talk to your pastor about it, just call us. Email us. Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Martha at IWorkForHim.com. All right, Martha, we're talking about the energizing cycle. Mm-hmm. My love motivates your respect. Is that true? Yes. Very true. Um, well, of course, we wouldn't be doing the show if it weren't true, but I, but I believe it's a very um, lived out. There's a lot of examples of that. And I, um, in fact, I intentionally the other day told you, and I wasn't just joking, that I respected you. Did you, do you remember? Yeah, I heard it, but that? I thought you were just saying it because the words, you needed to say the words for the day or something. Oh, so I didn't do Do you remember right. what it was? Um, I think it had to do with the whole move and the trip and how much you drove and all of our 1,400 time miles alone in the cab of a truck. Not alone. I was with you for Sleep, a little bit of sleeping it. Sleeping for those two hours you sat next <laughs> no. to me. No. I worked on your emails on your phone. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> I was your true. secretary. All right. So let's talk about five ways. C-O-U-P-L-E. Six ways a, a man can show his wife that he loves her. Can I just say a couple things before we get into nope, this? Nope, sorry. Oh, We're out of time. Okay. Of so course you that... can say something. That was rhetorical, correct? Okay. Yes, it was. So when we get into this part of the book, I love a couple of things that I want to point out to people. If they have not read the book, because we cannot possibly touch on every element. It would element, take 29 weeks. And there is just so much here. But th th the whole idea is we want to... Um, entice you to get a copy of the book, to look up where you could have a conference or maybe host one in your church, because we believe in this material, that it is in incredibly good at helping to build up your marriage. So um, the way that they broke up this part of the book is that the next six chapters are really for the men. And um, Emerson puts a little quote that says, note to wives, this chapter and the six to follow are for husbands only, but wives are invited to read along. And I just love that because really what it does for the wife is when she reads it, she in her heart agrees with it because she says, oh, wow, that really makes sense. That That is what I need. And I maybe they, she didn't even have words for it. And at the end of every chapter, there's a little list of how to accomplish what that 
what we're going to talk about. So I just thought those were really cute things about the book that um, just really help you to engage in it. And we don't have time to go into super big detail about all of these, but we are going to go into detail. And and, and next week, we're actually trying to work on a, a couple, bringing a couple on the air, our friends Ken and Sue. No pressure, Ken and Sue, in case you're listening today. <laughs> Better say yes. That's right. That for, to have them share how this book made an impact on their marriage, we're just we're recruiting them even as we speak. In fact, if he's really listening, he said he was listening, he could just text me and say he's listening and heard that. <laughs> All right, so here's the, here's the six keys on how a husband can do a great job showing love to his wife. Number one. Oh, we should start with number six. But that, no, because it's an acronym. You it's can't an acronym. Go we can't do that. Oh. It doesn't work. Okay, fine. You got to do it. You, have, you have to explain all these. I have to explain them? All right. Okay. Well, you, you start with it and then I'll comment on how it's worked for us. So the word that the men's little tip is the word um, couple. So C-O-U-P-L-E. Those are the first letter of each of the words that we're going to be talking about. And so the first one is closeness. And she wants to be close. And I don't think that comes as any surprise. Um, Most women want face-to-face conversation. In fact, we've gotten, it's kind of funny because when we're, when I need that, we set the table differently, don't we? Now that we're empty nesters, um, if we just need to talk, we make sure that we are across from each other and there's no distractions and we are just going to have a talking dinner instead yes. of a end of the day, I'm tired and oh my word, I just want to, you know, relax or whatever. But, and that, but it just really means well, a and lot. And just say it, because sometimes we will just turn TV on and eat dinner because we've been talking all day. That's right. But now, at the end of the day, because we work next to each other, we don't have time to talk. And that breaks all the rules of our parenting years, just so but you we, know. But we don't have kids to parent anymore. Esters. Our children have deserted us all across oh, the country. stop. They're seeking God's will in their lives, That's right? what they say. All right. So, But let me just tell you this. Gentlemen, your wives need to be face-to-face with you. It's so important that you're face-to-face with them. And when you when face-to-face means put the paper down. Oh, yeah, that's what we used to do. Put your phone down. In fact, throw it across the room so you can't actually look at it. Turn the TV off. Look in her eyes so she knows you're really mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. Super duper important. Shows love. She and There's this example in the book where, you know, you've ever talked to a little kid, and in order to get your attention, they grab your cheeks and turn your head. I can't imagine what that looks like, like. Look at me. And really, that is what a woman needs. Not the Not the tangible grab my face grab and my look face, at me. You, I know. Might, you might not get the reaction Jim doesn't you're like looking his for. Face to be touched, Don't touch but my that's face. Okay. But the but the importance of that eye to eye is so important. All right, so closeness is number one. Number yes. two. Openness. Um when you Okay, so she wants you to open up to her and tell you what's really tell her what's really going on. Okay, so gentlemen, your wife comes home, or you come home, your wife's at home, or your wife comes home after you're home, and she goes, hey, honey, how was your day? If you answer, fine, she now thinks automatically freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional because she watched what movie? What movie was that again? Ace, you looked it up one other time. Freaked <laughs> out, insecure. What now. movie was that from? Fine. Uh, but she knows that you don't mean it. She really wants to hear about your day. Now, gentlemen, we understand you're only given 10,000 to 20,000 words a day, and a woman gets thirty or 40,000 words. Just leave a few for your wife just to tell her about your day, how it was great or frustrating, how you were able to share your faith or how somebody hit you with a two by four, you ran over your foot or something, whatever happened at work. Don't talk to her about the weather or sports. She probably doesn't care. Now, there's an occasional wife who might, but she just wants to know that you're really sharing what's going on in your heart. 
And one really, really awesome way to do that is through prayer, praying together. We are um, sometimes the most open when we're having that conversation with our Heavenly Father. Closeness, face-to-face. Openness, so that she knows that you are sharing what's going on in your heart. Last one before the break. All right. Understanding when you empathize with me. Um, Don't try to fix me. Just listen. You sure understand. Are you sure that's are you sure you don't always want me to fix it? Because I'm pretty sure you always do. <laughs> no, there are times, maybe later, but at that moment I don't want you to fix it. Maybe when I'm in a better place. <laughs> All right. But that's really important, gentlemen. But also it goes back to you wives. And again, we're talking to ladies and, and men, ladies and gentlemen in the workplace. You know, men were always trying to fix stuff, and women are sometimes they're just trying to share things and they don't really look for a solution. So ladies, solve the problem. Tell the man you're talking to, I don't need a solution, but I'd really like to voice my concern. Or, or wives, honey, I really want to share what's frustrating me, but please don't, set, don't, don't try to solve it. Don't try to fix it. <laughs> don't try to fix it. All right, we're talking today about the Energizing Cycle from Love and Respect, a great book. You can find out more about it online at loveandrespect.com. That's loveandrespect.com. When we were introduced to Love and Respect back in 2008, it changed our marriage. Yes, most definitely. We didn't have a bad marriage, but it helped explain a lot of the issues. Well, it really helped explain something in me. I didn't know that the emotion that I was feeling inside me was I was feeling disrespected. But you didn't mean to be disrespectful, but it came across disrespectful. Just like, let me show you a different way to wash the dishes. (laughs) Kind of loud. You know, the other thing we really love about this book is it is peppered with scripture. There is so much scripture to um, back up the things throughout it, and I can't even begin, but and so many of the pages, there's little um, scripture on the side that helps to reinforce it. So we know, again, this isn't just man's thoughts. This is God's thoughts. And we're talking about the book Love and Respect. Find out more about it online at loveandrespect.com. All right, we're doing the... um uh, the word for how, and what's it called? All acronym. Of a an acronym. Wow. Online and for totally messed that one up. Okay. So the acronym for how a husband can show love to his wife. And again, this is specifically speaking to husbands and wives. We The first one was closeness. She wants to know you're really listening and you do it face to face. Put the distractions aside, the television, turn it off, throw the cell phone away. Put the newspaper or your book down and then openness. Really share how you're feeling. Those are really powerful. Then understanding, Martha. Understanding, making sure that you are um, repeating back. This is what I hear you saying and really paying, again, paying attention. So what you're saying is that I need to repeat what you say (laughs) and that will convince you that I'm listening? That helps. Now, one of our foster daughters could do that and she wasn't really listening. No, that's just... But she a, was a woman, That was of course. a teenage gift, I think. It is a her, gift. But, it yeah. is a gift. All right. But uh, you also said that in understanding, just recognizing that um, it, it also is knowing that you don't always want me to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You may be presenting a problem to me, but you, may, you don't always want me to solve the problem. But really, isn't it then up to you to tell me, I have something I want to share, but I don't want you to solve it? Yes, in an ideal situation, when I'm thinking clearly, that is the preferred method. So if I start to solve a problem, you don't want me to solve, what should you do? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Try to communicate to you. That might draw an unloving response. Oh, well. Okay. So, but we we try. Sometimes you'll say, oh, wait, you didn't tell me that up front, so now I'm going to solve it. No. So you have to learn to back off a little and say, okay, I'm not going to solve it now. But in your head, you ha- you continue to figure out three ways to make this 
situation better. Well, I always want to be and prepared then, in case you say, oh, but what would you do? And later, when I'm ready to be receptive to that, um, you often already have things kind of figured out for me, which is very kind. All right. So let's take a look at the next one. So we got C-O-U, closeness, openness, understanding, then mm-hmm. peacemaking. Mm-hmm. says your Proverbs 19.11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is the... It is to his glory to overlook an offense. That one is a powerful one because really what that one, what that P meant to me in couple was you're a goodwill woman. You don't really mean to be disrespectful. You don't really mean to offend me. And I need to, I need to step back and recognize that, seek to understand, which is not my greatest skill. I have to really work at seeking to understand every day. But peacemaking. To, when I'm trying to resolve and we're reconciled, just to immediately just go to, I'm sorry I took offense to that. Or if I offended you, to say, I'm really sorry, would you please forgive me? And we've gotten better about that. Instead of continuing on the crazy cycle, just stop and going, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Does it work? Does what part work? When I do that. When you say, yes. Okay, good. Just check it. Yes, most definitely. We want people to, va- validation is important for men here, people. Okay. It is. All right, but peacemaking, what does that mean to you, the peacemaking thing? What it, how did it hit you? Um, you know, one of the things that we, I tend to like to talk through all the details and explain my situation, and so to not be um, cut off and not allowed to finish that thought. It, it To a woman, a lot of times that's like, I don't want to forget it. Talk well, that to means the hand. that I'm not listening. Yep. Okay. And, or you don't want to because you don't want to deal with that conflict or whatever the case might be. So just really um, being allowed to talk through it sometimes and then come to that peaceful um, ending or just a, a resolution or an I'm sorry. But but sometimes I need to talk about it a little bit more. Well, OK, a lot more than you do. Well, and sometimes that's not necessary. And that's, <laughs> that's true. And that's, and and that's, what, that's, we've to, that's what we've had to work through. That's perspective. But that's, no, 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 but what, what, what it has caused is, is, is there's times when I'm feeling very uptight and we're having an argument and I need to hear your perspective and I've heard it and it's frustrated me or made me angry or I felt disrespected or whatever. I, sometimes I just need to step back for a minute, mm-hmm. take a deep breath and then come back in to finish the conversation. And that drives you nuts because you just want to keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And I need you just to give me a break for a minute. Yeah. But we never want to say forget it and move on. No, no, no. Because we that is deal so it. unhealthy. We don't want to sweep things under the rug and create bigger tensions. No silent treatment. None of that immature three-year-old garbage. Mm-hmm. You just, you got to deal with it. But for me, I just sometimes need 30 seconds to step back and go, I have a goodwill wife. She didn't really mean that. But it still hurt. It made me frustrated. I need to communicate. I go back to openness. I got to communicate why that hurt my feelings. How'd that make me feel? You know, that's one of the things in all of this, guys. You can solve a lot of problems if you could just communicate to your wife. How'd that make you feel? Mm. Because if it, if it didn't make you feel very good, tell her. She really cares. She wants to know. Your wife doesn't ever, I'll guarantee you there's not, there's, there's, women were not designed to go out and bashing their husbands. Most of the time they're responding that way is because they have been deeply hurt by their husbands. That's why wives respond that way. All right, so peacemaking. When you resolve, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 33, right before, excuse me, 4, 31 and 32, right before 4, 33. Yes, which is... The Love and Respect chapter from Mm loveandrespect.com. All right, so really, how did Christ forgive us, Martha? 
How did Christ forgive us? It says forgiving one another just as Christ God forgave you. He gave he forgave us completely. So he he not has, conditionally. Not conditionally. He didn't say, well, that one's kind of a big one. That's going to take a little longer. No. He didn't say, well, yeah, I can't forgive you on that. You just don't deserve it. He didn't say that. No. No. Because we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. No. It was we all don't. bad. Yes. All right. So that's really that's really what Christ is saying here. Husbands and wives, really. Any human being listening to the show today, that's important for us to recognize. So it's so easy for us to hold a grudge against people and to to just say, well, I can never forgive them for that. No, it doesn't work that way. If you're a Christ follower, you're called to forgive everybody. In fact, it says if you don't forgive everybody, then you've got an issue in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. We're called to forgive everybody. Mm-hmm. Tough one, though, because people offend us. Yeah. Like that guy today in that car. We won't go there. Okay. okay. Traffic. All right. So the last one. Last one. Uh, so No, it's not the last no. one. Couple. So we've done couple closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty. Martha, what does loyalty mean to you? Loyalty is just showing complete commitment to something. And in this case, it's to marriage and to me specifically. Um, so knowing that I have your complete loyalty, that there are no options on the table that there is nothing else that is taking your attention off of me and our marriage. That is loyalty. So describe some things that you have witnessed other men, not me, that have demonstrated a lack of loyalty towards their wives. Well, um, visually um, seeing someone, say, in a restaurant who is watching as you know somebody walks by their table in a way that's very... Um, it's clear that he's enamored by what he sees walking by. Um, to me, that is not, that's not being loyal with the eyes. And that's something that not only the wife sees if she's there in that situation, but everybody around as well um, witnesses that. So seeing a disloyal um, approach to, to everybody around. One way to fix that, women, wear clothing. Just wear clothing. For crying out loud, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times women just need to cover up. Well, and we've talked but about... That's, but that's one of those. So pornography is another one of those. That's the same kind of thing, but it's done and hidden. It really communicates a lack of loyalty to mm-hmm. to our our wives. Mm-hmm. So what what other ways can men... How is that else committed? Um, I think... Oh, the disloyalty. I was thinking about ways you can show loyalty. Okay, kind of let's switching, go positive. Switching go, gears. Go glass half full. Um, you know, just the way you speak to me in front of our kids, in front of other people. Don't and, talk to your mother that way. That's this right. is my incredible wife. Isn't she awesome? Those are some of the but best. But you get mad when words. I call you gorgeous on the radio, though. Well, okay, but it's still very. She's sweet. blushing. I know you're being very kind. I really do. Um, but the way that you speak to me, even in, in business situations and letting people know that you, you respect my opinion, um, those that are just showing that you are loyal to me. I am your wife. I'm not just a coworker. I am your wife as well. And that's really, really special to me. Loyalty is a big one. And this mm-hmm. is just I am not a psychologist, a licensed counselor. I don't have a master's or a doctoral degree, but I can tell you this. Women are loyal people. Men are loyal to certain events and to sports teams but often they are not loyal uh, they they tend to communicate in disloyal fashion to their wives based on behavior and we need to communicate loyalty by our behavior to our wives but here, here's where I was going down with that a lot of times when you hear that a woman has left her husband and has gone off to, with another man 
somewhere in there, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, a man has failed to show love to his wife because somehow she has broken that loyalty pledge to her husband because women are very, very loyal. And men, you have to work at it. It's just one of the things we got to work at. We get, Because we can communicate loyalty the way we think we're loyal to our, our, our wives. We go to work every day. We come home every night. We, you know, we mow the lawn. That's one way we're communicating loyalty in our wife's they want to make sure that, you know, as a lot of men, I've heard them say, hey, it's okay to look at the menu. I'm not going to order. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't work. All right. So no, that closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, and the final part of couple ways guys that ways that guys can communicate uh, love to their spouses. Esteem. Showing me that you treasure me above all else. And that really go- it ties into loyalty in a lot of ways because knowing where I stand with you and showing you you showing me your loyalty, you also show how much you esteem in me. And that's not a word we use a lot these days, but it-, it well, We say we hold somebody power, in high esteem. Yeah, it's a very powerful word when it is used. So things like holding the door for me, um, what a, that is such a, um, you're, you're putting me before you. Um, Which is a lost art here in the Mid-South. I know where we are in Tampa Bay is not really the South. The South starts north of here. But gentlemen, hold the, open the doors for your wife. Open the doors for the other ladies that are walking in. Open the car door. Just be nice. I mean, it's just gentlemanly. But you're talking about high esteem is like lifting you up. And, and I pray for you all the time. And, I, and I, I tell you how much I appreciate you. I mean, it's one of those things where... Trying to communicate that all the time. Well, and sometimes even just picking the kind of movie that we watch, um, respecting the kind of um, Martha does shows. not like explosion movies. Oh, I don't mind them as long as they're not too scary. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, give and take, because you you're showing that I'm as important. I'm important as well. All right, so that would be the energizing cycle from the man's point of view, the way he can ex- show love to his wife because if he shows love to his wife she'll respond he'll it'll motivate her respect for her husband Mm -hmm. together on tuesdays with jim and martha brangenberg right here on i work for him next week on i work for him together on tuesdays we'll talk about her respect motivates his love and as well we'll finalize with the rewarded cycle followed up with october 6th on together on tuesday we'll have emerson eggerich the actual author of love and respect right here on the show Hey, we want to thank Crown College. They're one of our newer sponsors. But boy, if you're looking for an online education that's biblically based, that will give you a biblical worldview and give you all the tools you need in order to not only get a great job, but understand how to take your faith to your workplace, you need to check them out online at crown.edu forward slash radio. Martha, we've been talking about the energizing cycle from the man's perspective. Which one of those, you know, when you talk about closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty, esteem, which one of those speaks loudest to you? Wow, that's a great question. I never thought about it that way. Um, I think, ooh, if I had to pick today, can I pick a couple like this is a game show? I'm going to pick... Choice number one! <laughs> I'm going to pick understanding. Uh-oh. So you 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 got to pay attention here I'm so you know that. It. Write it down. Understanding uh-huh. and I think esteem. So esteeming me um, and know because and I that just really speaks. So maybe that's because of words of affirmation is a love language of mine. Knowing that you um, affirm me, I don't know. That'd be interesting to see how how that relates. But I think we're out of time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> oh boy! You know, it was a great discussion today, talking about just for, about love and respect. Find out more about them, loveandrespect.com. Really about how I can show you love, ways I can do that, and that's been fun. And so next week we're talking about ways you could show me respect. Awesome! How about that, that'd be I'm a good conversation. Forward to it. All right. You know, as we do each and every day, I want to thank you for listening to I Work For Him. We're so grateful you're part of our audience. And we really want to just get you involved. So go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation, and start praying for your coworkers and employees each and every day. You know, we've got to be very intentional if we're going to take this city for Jesus Christ. And as I said at the beginning of the show, it's going to start by praying for your coworkers and employees by name. You know, each and every Tuesday, we're talking about a topic that relates to relationships, whether it's our marriages at home, our family members, or in our workplace. And really, this love and respect concept that we talked about, it's not really a concept, it's a scriptural principle that our wives and women need to be shown love, and our husbands and the men need to be shown respect. It's what it's how God designed us. It's a way we can bring our faith to our workplace. It's a way we can impact our workplace with our faith by being respectful to those men and loving those women now obviously got to be careful but listen if we're going to impact our workplaces we're going to start by praying for our co-workers and employees but we have to be intentional in speaking love to them in a way that means something to them and that's what this is all about loving and respecting the way god designed it go out to iworkforhim.com tonight sign up to join the i work for him nation be part of the thriving change in tampa bay You've been listening to Our Work Friend with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.